Thank you, Bella. Appreciate it as always. Welcome back to another edition of the Soccer Specialist Podcast. And today, first, this past week was a record week for the podcast. So thank you so much, everyone that's listening, that's been sharing and letting others know about it. I really do appreciate everything you do in terms of helping to, gr- to grow the, uh, the audience for this podcast. Next, I want to touch base on something that I actually had posted in the uh, private Facebook group. But I think it's really important, something I haven't talked about in a while, um, and a great reminder is sort of for parents and players. And we talk about how soccer should be fun, right? Of course it should be. I mean, why why would you continue to play it if if you don't think it's fun, if you're not enjoying yourself? And that does, but that doesn't mean every second's going to be fun, right? And look, no, ten year olds shouldn't be only playing five minutes a game. That's ridiculous. No, you shouldn't force a 10-year-old to practice four hours a day every day. But setting aside all the obvious counter excuses, most players, again, we're talking about kids, they have no idea what it really takes to develop into even an above average player. And we don't do them any favors at all by shielding them from that, by shielding them from obstacles and setbacks and mistakes and tough coaching and bad teams and losing seasons and all that. Um, you know, we don't, we don't help them by never giving them (laughs) a figurative kick in the butt to get them out and practicing on their own. Um, because they're never going to get where they want to be if they don't, if all they ever do is go to team practices and show up for games, they're not going to become the player that they want to be. Hear that, players? You're not going to become the player you want to be. And so back to parents, if your child's taking piano lessons or any type of music lessons and they never, never practice outside the lesson, never did the teacher's assignment, would you keep paying? Would we keep paying for them to go to those not-so-cheap piano lessons? Of course not. So why do we do it for soccer? I mean, yeah. Setting aside, I know all the benefits and the exercise and all that, but you can get you can get all that from less expensive rec soccer. You don't need to be paying thousands a year for club soccer and allow the kids to only touch the ball when they're at their team practices. You know, why why complain or switch teams at the first sign of adversity or the first losing season? We're not helping the players with that. They're never gonna become successful. Players, you need to listen to this, it's very important never going to become successful both at either at soccer or in life if we're doing this stuff we're hurting them parents we're hurting you players you're hurting yourself if you're not doing what you need to do really 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 important stuff to understand you know you because shifting gears just a little bit if you have goals if you want to be a great player and you're not doing anything on your own Tells me two things. Well, a few things. You you don't know what it takes. You don't really want to be that good of a player because it's your actions that scream. It's your actions that matter. You can talk about wanting to do this and wanting to do that, being on varsity and playing in college. But if you're not doing anything other than go to your, going to your team's practices, that is not going to happen. And understand that the standards you set for yourself, what you do, those are the, meta, the measure of the, your dedication to your goal. Is it a real goal or does it just sound good? Sounds good when you talk about it. Is that what matters? Uh, you know, good example. Let's say you hit some really poor shots. You're, you're 
playing forward. You have a good shot. You score goals. You hit some really poor shots in some recent games. You're not happy about it. You're not happy about your shooting technique. What are you going to do? Most players don't do anything. Those players aren't serious about becoming good players. Other players, they, they put a, a plan into action. They come to practice 20 minutes early. They grab their coach and say, or a teammate say, hey, you know what? I'm struggling with this right now. I don't like it. I know it can be better. It's been better. Can you spend some time with me on my shot? Critique, critique it. Give me some feedback. We'll work on some drills that then focus on fixing whatever that mistake is. Maybe the plant foot's in the wrong place. You don't have your toe pointing to the target. Your ankle's not locked. Whatever it might be. But you spend time on figuring it out and then improving it. Okay? Because the player who's willing to dedicate herself to going beyond getting it right is not going to accept anything less than always getting it right and knows to achieve her goal, she's going to need to put in a little extra time and effort. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, probably might expand to that in another uh, podcast, but I want to go into a few other things. I get a questions a lot about leagues and teams and where somebody's player should be. You know, I have this situation going on with this team, and then there's this situation with this team, and this team plays at a higher level, but there's stuff about the other team that's better, and I don't know what what to do. Um, a lot of times it's about development, but also this usually happens with slightly older players who are, if not right then, in a little bit, know they're going to be focusing on playing in college. And so what do they need to do to get seen is, you know, is playing on this higher level team, but maybe not playing as much or not liking the, the coaching, maybe not as good, but you're going to get seen more. Is that better than, you know, this other situation? Um, you know, I got one recently about a player who's in the, the GA where they have a sub rule. I believe it's you can, you know, you can sub once in each half, if I'm not mistaken. So if all your subs go in with 20 minutes to go in the first half, the girls that came out aren't going back in. Um, so you get a lot of interesting things like with that, especially if there are a lot of players on the team. Um, and asked about, well, there's a lower level team, sort of mid level that's not playing in you know a national league and this player guests for them a lot really likes the team really likes the the players really likes the coach but then it's well but the ga is this super high level and then you get into well what about college they got another one i think the player is on was on mls next they've been injured haven't played much in the past year um gutted out through tryouts you know didn't think they were going to make it coach talked to them about being player number 19 on the roster, no guaranteed playing time, all that um, will be a senior. And, you know, how is if we play at MLS next and maybe not play a lot? How is this going to affect college and things like that? And these questions are so, so frustrating. Um, not because I'm getting them, but because they're very, very difficult for me to answer. And I never want to say, well, you should do this. And then it doesn't, work out i mean you can't tell the future you just just don't know i mean for the player 19 thing i can give you an example of uh um you know a number of years ago we had it was like the first time ever we no longer had an a team um and we had been around on our own for a year or two it was the first time ever what we were not going to have a short roster um i you know, and so we had a player come out in the summer, you know, when our team was already set, we were kind of just training in the summer. 
and decent player. And we just kept having her come out and, and really having a conversation with her and the dad because I think she's going to be player 18. Um, but for me, getting the players a lot of a lot of playing time, tough with 17, 18. That 18th player is really, really difficult um, to get everyone enough time. And, you know, we started having conversations about that, what the playing time may or may not look like because of that and, and everything. And they understood. They wanted to come out. She did and went in for the first time in game one. Uh, she was playing outside back on the right side as she's going out there. She looks back at me and, and you know, what side? And she does the whole, you know, fingers to the forehead thing to try and figure out <laughs> left and right but uh anyway my whole point was that is she she played herself into minutes right then and there she became very very difficult player to ever take out of a game and so there's always in, in terms of that there's if you are in a good situation with quality coaching where they're open to that you can earn that time if you do what you need to do um now, in terms of the whole college thing, and yes, I'm going to tell you, yes, probably in general, if you're playing, you know, ECNL or was it a DPL, GA, um, whatever it is, most likely it may be a little easier to get seen. But if you're willing to put in the time and do the things you need to do, research in schools, contacting coaches, put, you know, highlight reel together there's a path for everybody. It does not have to be that path. I mean, I've, I've been training, um, uh, amazing young lady who is going to be the starting keeper for her school. Um, come this fall, who's gone through just in high school alone, two ACL injuries and come back from them. She did not have any of that. She played for a typical club team, did not play in one of these high leagues and everything. She put in the work. She, she contacted, uh, coaches and all that. And, now, look, is it better to be able to do some showcases and stuff? Yeah, of course. But again, you don't know how to have to be in a team that on a team or in a league that's almost guaranteed to do that. If you're on a decent team with a coach and players that want to play in them, because that's up to them. I and mean, we, we played in showcases. We were never in one of those. Um, you know, we just played decent level ED, EDP soccer. And. Um, you know, I have a girl who's going to be playing uh, college ball. And then the other thing, they're seniors. My girls are U19. They're seniors. We had a number of girls who said they were coming back and at the last minute, like when spring season starting, dropped out. Um, thankfully, the the league actually for the first time ever for our age group put together a 7v7 league. So and look, we had nine players. We picked up a 10th and boom, we're playing in that. It's actually been a lot of fun. It's kind of eliminated the boring middle third of the middle third of the pitch. So it's, it's end to end. There's a lot of action, a lot of offense and defense. Um, it never stops. It's really been uh, a lot of fun to watch. I think the players are enjoying it. But at my point, we had a few weeks ago again, so we're May of their senior year. You know, we had a few weeks ago, we had a college coach come out and watch them, watch them play and uh, played a really, really good game. And the coach, now, of course she's, talked about some individual players and I'm sure she had them ranked in her head, but she was impressed with all of them to at least pursue it further for any of those, any of them that wanted to do so, which was um, fantastic. I also told my team, they said, um, I really have high expectations 
for my players, uh, you know, because in that game, I mean, we did play well and we won. And yet I think we could have played so much better. But the college coach was, was really impressed with how they played as, as a team. So um, but but anyway, there are many, many paths and you have to take control as a player when you get to that age of doing the things you need to do, the research, contact, reaching out to coaches, you know, telling them, because look, even if you're playing in a showcase tournament, there's no guarantee of any coaches coming to see you. You've got to coach, you've got to find the coaches, the teams you um colleges you want, and you've got to contact them. You've got to let them know who you are and you've got to get them, you've got to get them film. And then you got to look into doing, you know, does it, have you found a, a college where you really want to go to? Do they have ID camps? You know, things like that, because even if your team's not doing stuff, then that's going to fall on you to contact coaches, have film, do ID camps and, and things like that. So much you can do. So my point is there's, there's a path for everyone. I wish I could answer these questions when people give me these about, you know, this coach is this and players in this league. And, and I'm, it's really tough, especially on the outside. I want to give you a, a great answer, but I, I can't tell the future about that or really without being involved, know enough about the individual situation. And one last thing I want to say about that to the point of the, you know, you see a lot about the, uh, so few high school players playing in college and it's not realistic. You know, it's not, it's nonsense. First of all, it's a statistic. It's not you. You know, for all the players playing in college, that statistic is 100%, not 7%. And it's also completely irrelevant because, now look, I don't know the number, but it's silly to take the number of players that go play in college and divide that by the number of high school players. you got to figure out the number of high school players actually want to play in college, did everything they needed to do to play in college, and just weren't good enough. Because again, I just told you now it was 77. I think we had, you know, nine, nine players um, and we had a, a college coach that was impressed with all of them. So if only the one girl is playing in college, just for my team is one of, is, you know, is it 10% because we have a 10 player roster? And she, well, no, because the rest of them could have done it too, but they chose not to. So that 7% is skewed. I know I get screamed at by a lot of people that, but that's the reality. It's the, but it's out of context, right? Statistics. Statistics can lie. You got to have, everyone loves to use statistics for things. You got to really pay attention to what, what that means. Um, I know I've rat, kind of rattled off about a lot of different things. One thing I did want to mention out is um, I want to talk briefly about my, uh, my team because this past weekend, first of all, we are, we have one weekend left. We had our last practice ever after 11 years and, I don't know, close to 500 games when you throw in summer leagues and 3v3 leagues and tournaments and all that. Probably close to 500 games all with the same team team. And we had our final, final, final practice um, last night and have one more weekend to go. This past weekend, uh, we played um, with five players. So uh, 75 on at home, we have a big 9v9 field. So that's what we played on. So we had four field players on a uh, big 9v9 field. Um, played a team who only had one loss. They were in first. Well, they might have been second place because they didn't have as many games played yet. But first and second, they both only had uh, one loss. They had 11 players. So four subs. And... I always try and keep this stuff uh, really positive, so I won't go into all the nonsense, but it was everything bad about youth soccer 
wrapped up in one game from officiating to coaches to players, both in attitude and and dirty play to incredibly unsportsmanlike parents, uh, the entire sideline, just completely obnoxious. They should be embarrassed by their behavior. But my point being, I just want to in, in all those 11 years and almost 500 games, I've never been more proud of my team's performance than I was. Um, by the way, they lost 4-3 in extra time with only three field players in extra time that never should have happened. They were up one nothing, up 2-1, up 3-2. Um, and so, but I'm not going to get into all of that. They, they, I mean, they control, they, they dominate a possession. The one v one play was fantastic because it absolutely had to be in a situation like that. Um, one of my, uh, we played, you know, a two, two, what else were, we, we were going to do? Uh, one of my, um, defenders, she had a hat trick. They were all individual efforts up, up the field. It was fantastic. Um, it was a lot. Of, I, I, never been more disappointed for uh frustrated for angry for my team than i was after that game but um hopefully when they look back it's one that they're going to remember and they're going to remember how they played how hard they played how they played together the obstacles that they they face and so forth and um that the the sting from the loss will will fade and they'll look at all the good stuff because let me tell you they were not happy after that game, not happy at all, which was really good. It was really good. I hated the situation, but it was really good to see that fire from them. Um, And one of the reasons I I mentioned is there's a lesson for all of you. You hear me talk about obstacles and opportunities a lot and all the things that you will go through. You can't play this game for a long time and not have bad times and obstacles and look at the opportunities. And that's what we looked at. I mean, it was going to be tough. They had we were going to play four field players, you know, 75 total, 64 on a huge field. We couldn't possibly cover all that space, right? And they had, they had 11 players. They had four subs for their six field players. So, and and it was tough, but you know what? They control, clearly, clear, I mean, 10 minutes in, five minutes in, you could see we were clearly the, the better team. Um, and like I said, we finished with only three, so 6v3 for four minutes of extra time that shouldn't have even been played. We basically played till the other team got their winning goal. But um, I was so proud of how they, they stepped up to the obstacle of playing that, that situation and then, and how they handled themselves. It was really, really fantastic. Really proud of them. Um, Now I'm babbling a little bit, so I am going to leave it there. I know I covered kind of jumped around to a few different things. Hopefully you got at least something out of this. Uh, once again, I thank everyone for listening. I really do appreciate it. I appreciate you spreading the word and let other people know about the podcast. If you get a chance to leave a rating or a review, that would be fantastic. Don't forget to check out ImpactSoccerPerformance.com, and I will talk to you later.